is going on, everybody? It's the greatest adventure of a lifetime. Walking into the Coyote Fitness Podcast. What is up? You are the classic over-promise and under-deliver guy. Like, I don't even, how are you supposed to match that? Like, I don't know. If I'm listening, I'm thinking, I just have to turn this off now. There's no way this guy's going to deliver on that. Here's a, We do have a good time here, though. We can't say that. Well, listen, right? I don't talk very much until the very end where I get to talk about the pop culture stuff. So I make my presence known, and then I get out of there. You have to make the most of the bookends. because exactly. in, When it comes to the real content of this podcast, you have nothing to offer. No, I'm like six weeks in. What am I going to say? <laughs> yeah, guys, you're so smart. You should, have a, of, you should yeah. have a lot of questions, though. Well, the place nah, you answer them all in the, in the box. <laughs> the place that we're headed today, I think, is going to be pretty fascinating for all of us, no matter where we are in our yeah, CrossFit journey, doing a little future casting. One thing we were hoping to talk about for a pretty extended period of time is where is CrossFit going? So the mm-hmm. premise that we're operating from today is that we have a lot of documentation that we're probably going to visit in later episodes, but there's a lot of documentation on how CrossFit began, the waves that it made in the beginning, how it's changed over time, how it's current currently changing. So we want to take a step and uh, further and say, well, where is CrossFit going in the near future? What do we anticipate as people t- having two guys in the studio each week that have made this a part of their daily life, basically the focus of their life? Where do where do Chris and Hunter feel like CrossFit is going in the near future, maybe even the distant future? Um, is it going to continue to innovate? Just some questions to get us started. Is it going to continue to innovate? Is its marketability going to start controlling the direction? What about the uh, athletes that are coming in? Is this becoming more and more well-known? Is it going to change how they are able to measure fitness over time? So just some pretty interesting questions, guys. I'm looking forward to batting around today. Obviously, uh, questions that Chase and I We'll have very little knowledge or input about, but I think we're okay with that. I'm just interested to be able to listen to this conversation today. So, Chris, maybe you could get us started. Uh, We usually throw it to you first, and kind of as you're thinking about where CrossFit is headed, maybe even where it is currently, taking the cues from where it is now, do you feel like there will be additional adaptations to CrossFit in the near future? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, one of my favorite things about being a CrossFit coach, to me, it is just the ultimate challenge because like the programming itself it, it doesn't specialize in anything so like you could be a you could be a weightlifting coach and that's what your knowledge specializes in you can be an endurance coach and you have to specialize in that this allow I mean it's allowed me to really expand my horizon as a coach to learn um, you know not only learn how to coach somebody through Olympic weightlifting but also you know gymnastics and uh running technique and stuff like that and um the great thing the great thing about crossfit is that it did not uh put itself into a box programming wise a box i get it i get it see what he did there (laughs) well done punny punny not not man not intentional still good though just comedic genius you don't have to try (laughs) happens don't even have to try um i remember uh glassman uh uh, Greg Glassman, the guy who started CrossFit, he said uh, in one of uh, one of his early early interviews back when that like back when they were doing the um, when they originally started the level one certification process, they uh, one of the things he would always say was that they CrossFit wants to do whatever is going to make you fitter. He would say if standing in the middle of the interstate wearing a tutu and roller skates it makes you fitter, that's what we're gonna do. That sounds interesting. Yeah. So what it what it allowed what it allowed though I mean and what makes it to me so different than other strength and conditioning circles is um, nobody is just married 
to their to their ideals and to, to their ideas in CrossFit and their philosophy. They want to do whatever is going to get people fitter. So it, that's why in the uh, in the beginning, CrossFit was reaching out to these uh, to these Olympic lifting coaches and powerlifting coaches, endurance coaches, trying to figure out how to uh, how to make all these skills better, how to be more efficient with all these skills. So it really it makes the uh, it makes a it makes a CrossFit coach just uh, you have to be just really humble and, and willing to accept uh, you know ideas that other people might have. I mean, like you're seeing it a lot right now when uh, this uh, this past year in the open when they started implementing dumbbells in the open. Well, all of a sudden everybody uh, has to go out and buy dumbbells so that their clients can do these uh, these open workouts, and it just opens up you know. A, whole new avenue because now coaches are going to have to look at uh look at more unilateral stuff single arm uh single arm pressing and pushing with dumbbells and it does nothing but fill in those uh fill in those fitness gaps that your clients may have and when you have to I mean you can press uh press press a straight bar and it doesn't require a whole lot of core stability because it's a it's a it's one implement you're gripping it with both hands and you don't have to stabilize your core as much well you put a heavy dumbbell in one hand and you try to press it now all of a sudden you're using uh you're using your uh your core uh rectus abdominis and your uh um and your obliques like you never had to with a uh, with a straight bar and now you see uh i, I saw the other day that crossfit um has made a uh, has made strong fit this uh this company that specializes more in like strongman training yokes sandbags things like that uh, they've made uh, they've made their certification a certified uh, continuing education unit for uh, CrossFit. I might be getting off a little bit on a tangent here, but I mean I think that's a if you can credit CrossFit with anything, it is not being uh being stubborn with their philosophy if there's a way to get somebody fitter and to keep people healthier they're going to seek it out and they want their coaches to seek it out and research it too yeah building off what chris is talking about i like how crossfit has started to use the competition side of things to drive change in the class programming um i think you know they've been doing dumbbells all that type of stuff on crossfit.com program ever since they started but i don't know six or seven years ago people kind of quit following crossfit.com and they realized that that wasn't really driving um the the class program what they're what they're was driving the class program was what they were doing at the regionals at the game so you you look back 2011 regionals was a huge mistake yeah yeah so 2011 regionals they had a thruster ladder you know the the weights the guys were hitting and the girls were not super high so there was a big uh strength um gain that needed to happen across the board so what do they do 2012 regionals they put heavy barbell and all kinds of stuff and then all of a sudden everybody's like man we got to get stronger we got to get our holy lifts up we got to get stronger and all this stuff well they over people overcorrected we're doing way too much strength so what do they do two years later 2014 they just go almost straight gymnastics at regionals. So then all of a sudden everybody's like, man, I got to work on my gymnastics. I got to get better at gymnastics. Well, then what do they do this past year? They throw the dumbbell in there at, in the open and at regionals say you're spending too much time on the barbell. Um, 
now they're just so they're constantly driving change from the from the uh, open and regionals to get to make changes to how the program is going. So that's something that I I really like from them is they're constantly watching and seeing what the community is doing as a whole. And they're they're like they're doing too much of this. We need to we need to fix this. We need to even it out. And how they do it, they change the workouts that everybody has to do. So the core philosophy dictates uh, not only did it open up adaptation, but it dictates that you must adapt because as your community starts to find the center and ignore other things, then they're going to pull it off center and cause a little bit of confusion to be uh, prepared or expect the unexpected to be able to perform. One of the questions that I have listening to both of y'all's answers is what do you think, and this is totally going to be opinion-based and that's that's fine, but what do you think some of the future adaptations are going to be based on what you've seen? I know guys try to predict what the workouts are going to be in the open each year but i think it's just bigger than that one competition everybody's always trying to figure out where is crossfit headed next what do you guys feel like even if it is just down to one minor thing like this unilateral stuff that you're talking about or we're going to implement this one sort of thing we see this coming what do you feel like is next for the for the people to be able to look forward to i think it's just, you're going to see just more well-rounded athletes um, especially at uh, from the competition side at the uh, at the regional level and the games level, you know there's for a while there when you know Hunter was talking about how everybody was trying to get their only lifts up for like the next two three years. You saw the same kind of athlete at regionals. These guys that were uh, five uh, five nine five ten and two hundred and fifteen pounds that can just sling a bar around like it's uh, you know like it's no big deal, and now. Now that you have these dumbbells in there, I think you're going to kind of see things, you know, shift back towards uh, back towards the middle. Where um, I mean, you just have to be completely well rounded. You know, you're it's you know it's just mind boggling to think how far it's come and so uh, in such a little time. I remember one of Glassman's first uh, little deals was you know he wants a program that's going to that's going to develop people that can deadlift 500 pounds and run a five minute mile. Well, I mean that happened within a couple of years of people doing CrossFit. So, I mean, I don't see, uh, um, I don't see why you wouldn't have somebody in the games in the near future. That's going to, uh, that's going to clean and jerk 400 pounds and also be able to do 30 muscle ups unbroken. You know? Yeah. I think, I think in my opinion, the biggest hole is long, uh, aerobic work, mm-hmm. uh, like uh 5k runs stuff like that like you got guys at the games who could uh qualify for the national weightlifting competition but they wouldn't even place at like a local uh high school cross-country meet or something like that i mean i know those kids are fast but like they wouldn't even come close to getting top five at a a 5k uh 5k you know fun run or something like that so i think that's the biggest hole the hard part is getting people to say hey it's cool to run a 10k hey it's cool to to get on the rower for 30 minutes because you know so much of what out there is out there now is driven by instagram and nobody is going to you know i mean you can't watch a a 5k run on instagram you know in a 60 second video Uh, they might post their time but that's not as sexy as as the big lift or whatever but i definitely think that's the biggest hole and they try to fill it at the games, you know, they do they do some long stuff at the games, but you don't see any of that in the open, which is where the vast majority of people are, are competing. You don't see 
any of it at regionals just because they're trying to get it all in one weekend. I don't know what the solution is to to get gyms to start doing more type of stuff like that. And an- another problem too is, man, you put a you put a five k row up on the board. There's not going to be many people showing up. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Even when we do teams of two. Even when you do teams of two. <laughs> ben had to talk me into it, dude. Uh, so I, I think that's the biggest, you know, still the biggest gap in 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 the program for most people because it's, man, it's it's hard to get people to want to go and do that cyclical, monostructural, long, long work for a long period of time. Yeah, I could see that. I, I also see that, and we saw it at the games this year. They're bringing in these these things like we have the you're trying to run across a beam, and it, it seems like part of the balance that they're striking now is that yes, we are going to be defined by gymnastics and Olympic lifting, but we are going to be very upfront about this functional piece that we actually discussed at length on the podcast last week. But to me, that opens up a really broad range of. Uh, implements that you can use it doesn't yeah. it isn't just the the dumbbell it isn't just the barbell i mean you could set up any sort of obstacle you know for a while it was like the uh the sledgehammer and the tire or yeah. flipping the tires and we were we were having this conversation about sandbags the other day um me and you um like will you take the workout grace for example uh 30 clean and jerks for time at uh, at 135 pounds you know a great a great workout and um and on and uh, on pe- paper a very effective workout you know the problem with uh problem with it and when you're coaching a class you know you're doing that if somebody has if somebody's really really skilled with the uh with that movement the clean and jerk which is a very high skill movement uh, then you can get really good adaptation from it but if you have somebody in there who is just learning the clean and jerk and they have to really slow down and think about every single one it doesn't mean that they're not getting any first wave adaptations from doing the workout because they're getting 30 good reps and that's 30 opportunities to practice that lift. But in terms of a metabolic change, they're not really going to get anything out of that. And uh, the beauty about dumbbell doing, but you change it up and now let's say we're going to do grace with heavy dumbbells or we're going to do grace with a sandbag. The skill is not the skill requirements, not as high you can uh, you can push a lot harder and especially if you have somebody who is limited mobility wise they don't need as much mobility to do grace with dumbbells as they would with as they would with a barbell and uh, and uh, that's uh, that's what I really love about where CrossFit is going with the odd object stuff is that odd objects are so good for longevity because you can really just man put yourself into a metabolic hole with sandbags dumbbells and sleds without beating up the body quite as much as you do with a barbell yeah that's what i was going to say too you know the that that type of stuff is not going to beat you up as much as working with a barbell all the time and that's something that chris has made a conscious change with our class the past year or so and what we've seen is a lot less you know bumps and bruises and nicks and and sore elbows and sore backs or whatever because we're doing a lot more stuff with the uh with the dumbbells we're doing a lot more strongman type stuff we're we're staying away from barbell all the time. You know, we're still getting the bar. I mean, the barbell is always yeah. going to be barbell's a, never going. Anywhere. Yeah, it's not going anywhere. It's always going to be a major part of the program. Just not doing it as often. Finding other ways to get, like you said, a snatch or a clean and jerk in or uh, clean or whatever the case may be. Throwing in those different implements to to change the stimulus. And I mean, you know, not specializing on the barbell. We talk always always talk about CrossFit as 
specializing and not specializing. So if we're just only using the barbell, well, you're getting really good at using the barbell. You, you can't specialize in that one thing. And I think that's what CrossFit's always trying to do. Keep you from, keep people from getting too specialized in one area, making sure you're pretty good at everything. So when it comes to programming, I think this is uh, this a follow-up question here. We're always trying to predict what CrossFit is doing at a you know business level as they are setting the standard and the pace for where the sport is going. But I feel like I just want to ask this follow-up question. Do you guys feel that it really isn't just about that, that you guys have the power in running a CrossFit box? You can you can make the future look however you want yeah. because this, the sport has set the stage for that. And if, if the answer to that is yes, obviously, Kristen, what would you like to try in the future? What would you like to see with your group of you know a couple hundred athletes that are ro- rolling through a CrossFit box every week? What would you like to try? What fascinates you about the future of CrossFit as a sport? As a sport or a training method, just a training methodology in in general. Yeah, training. I think since we're talking about programming, maybe sit there. Yeah, uh, I think just uh, what I what I was talking about, just with more of the uh, with more of the odd object stuff. It just it opens up just so many more avenues, and and it allow it's going to allow me to be more creative as a coach. Where like, okay, here's what I have in the room. Here's what I have to work with, and at the end of the day, I can only do so much with what i have does that mean and, we're getting more tires i oh mean i would love to get some tires <laughs> but the, the the two the two that we have we would have to do like a team of six to <laughs> work those two tires you take or, something where you're talking about uh not to interrupt hunter but something that's pretty interesting and just a very small change and you were getting to this with grace but a very small change is a very big change for the athlete. So if you're absolutely asking me to, if you're asking me to flip up on the wall into a handstand push up position, that's uh-huh. one thing. But if you come in the next day and say, "Well, we're going to crawl up the wall and you're going to put your face towards yeah. the wall," me, I got a lot of work to do to figure that out. Absolutely. I mean, me and uh, like me and Hunter, like we've both done thirty clean and jerks for time with one hundred and fifty five pounds. But we go, you go grab that uh, that one hundred and fifty pound sandbag on over there, and it is a whole nother ball game. You try to do that, yeah, yeah. It's it, the sandbag is a lot harder for sure. Where were you headed, Hunter? I, I interrupted you before when it when it came to that adaptation. What you're looking forward to in the future? What maybe you we're going to try inside of CrossFit for the purposes of our clients that are listening to the podcast on a weekly basis. There's something really charging you up these days about man. We are going to attempt to push the envelope or try this with our athletes. I think Chris hit the nail on the head on on where we want to go as a gym, as a whole. You know, always just focus on bringing it back to the middle, not specializing in anything. Um, But, you know, one thing I did want to talk about was the impact that CrossFit has had on the fitness industry as a whole and how it's going to continue to impact the fitness industry as far as programming, as as we're talking about programming. I mean, you see... You know, five years ago, if you went to a weightlifting meet, you you might see a couple people there. And now, weightlifting has come become extremely popular uh, be, because of CrossFit. You know that, and and it's driving the performance all the way up to the top levels. You know, we'll probably start having some more people at the Olympics because we're getting some good athletes in there from an early age. So you see, weightlifting, the sport of weightlifting, is getting better. What I think is going to happen too is you're going to start seeing more rowing. Rowing become more popular. I mean, like before CrossFit, like. We probably maybe had seen a rowing machine once at a gym, didn't know how to use it. You know, didn't know what it was. Yeah, yeah. If you saw <laughs> rowing in the Olympics, you'd be like, ah, that looks 
I'm not watching this crap, you know, but now you, you sat on a row or you know what it feels like, you know, it's not quite the same, but it's as, as being out on the water, but it's the same feeling. And you're like, man, I can really understand what these guys are doing when they're doing a 2k row. You know what I mean? I know that feeling I've been there. I think you'll start seeing people that are, that are starting CrossFit at a young age that they're very geared to be a good rower. And now rowing starting to take off. Um, gymnastics you know i think the 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 popularity of gymnastics for adults will grow i mean you see gymnastics people do gymnastics and most people are done by the time they're 14 16 18 years old and then you don't ever see it anymore i think you'll start seeing more gymnastics adult programs and 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 stuff like that where people are doing gymnastics as adults and maybe gymnastics adult competition stuff like that um and then i think also you're seeing i mean crossfit is in my opinion the most effective program out there as far as getting people fit high intensity functional movement that's what i think works the best and you're seeing it people are adopting it and not calling it crossfit and doing it you know high intensity training or whatever or they're doing uh they call it like you know uh uh what hit yeah yeah Yeah. some stuff like you know just stuff like that you know these boot camps that are coming up and they're basically doing crossfit movements and they're seeing it online so it's driving change in what fitness look like 15 years ago fitness look like going into the gym uh doing some bench doing some curls getting on the treadmill or whatever and now you're seeing and if you did a crossfit workout you look like an idiot i was like what is this dude doing but now you see more and more people going in there and doing high intensity stuff and i think you will continue to see that crossfit's driving the fitness industry from the front even though it catches a lot of flack from other people but it really is changing the face of what training and physical fitness looks like yeah yeah you look at the just even in the the fitness culture with with females i've seen this uh, shirt pretty re- repetitively uh, strong is the new skinny mm-hmm. i mean i i really would wait before dates I've seen yeah. That yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i would really credit crossfit for a lot of that in convincing uh women in particular that you don't have to look like a recovering heroin addict uh, yeah. in, in a little black dress at dinner to, to be fit. I mean, and it, it's just changing the way that, and I, I wouldn't even just say the American culture, culture worldwide, the way we are looking at body comp- composition and what we're saying is fit. I do credit CrossFit a lot for that. And, and thank goodness for the presence of the games on ESPN, the way it's spreading out. Holy cow, just a level of respect that you can have for people because of what they, they can accomplish and not merely mm-hmm. from an an aesthetic. I mean, we can all admit that Froning is a beautiful man with the shirt off, right? Uh, but it's not really about, it's not about your aesthetic. That almost turns into just a fortunate byproduct yeah. of, of the programming and how program is, is pushing. I love what you're saying there, Hunter, with the, just the fitness industry in general. A lot of things are changing and people are adopting it and calling it hit, you know, or they're, they're doing the heart rate based stuff. I mean, there are rowers everywhere yeah. now. And, you know, and here's here's something to think about, too. You know, how you know uh, how many people do you hear say, man, I wish I would have known about this when I was younger? Okay, well, now think about all these high school-age kids and these high school athletes that we have in our gym, okay? Some of them will hopefully be fortunate enough to carry on their sport to the next level, okay? When they get to the next level, let's say uh, let, let's say we've got a kid who, uh, who ends up signing a scholarship for, for baseball somewhere. When they get to campus, they're going to go into a strength conditioning program. And you're going to have a lot of different kids coming in with a lot of different fitness and training backgrounds, but they only get four years to develop their uh, to develop their strength and their skills in the weight room once they get to college. Now, imagine you have the one kid who comes in there who's never touched a barbell before, just kind of went off a of talent his whole life. 
you have the other kid that maybe not quite as talented, but he comes in with this huge base of strength and stamina and endurance. And now all of a sudden that strength coach doesn't have to spend uh, two semesters or three semesters keeping that kid in the developmental program. He's shoot. He's a shot right up to the front of the line, doing all the more all the more difficult and high uh, and more effective uh, and more effective training. Just imagine, you know, how much more potential that kid has because of the base that he built had built up going in. And I think you're gonna see uh, you'll see that, and um, you'll see a lot more you'll see a lot more strength coaches encouraging high school kids to go se- to go seek out. CrossFit coaches or different fitness coaches, just to just so that when they come in to uh, to train with them, they have that base built up and they can hit the ground running right when they get there. This is totally classic. I, how are you going to outrun the bear? Well, I, I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun yeah, you. Exactly. You know? And that's showing up. I love seeing just the the youth that are coming through uh, CrossFit. There's those younger ages and they're leaving their local high school where they're doing 15, 12, 10, 12, 10, yeah. 8, 8, 6, 4, 4, you know. Right. Four to one, then they're finding a max and they're starting everything all over again. And those guys are outperforming anything going on in local high schools. And it, it is pretty exciting to see where this is going to go when we have generations that are growing up with this base and this platform. It kind of begs the question, though, what is the responsibility of the gym? And Hunter, I want to throw this your direction as we see how our, our CrossFit box is going to adapt to this now that we've got this base, now that we have more people exposed to it. it it's just not okay anymore, uh, I don't think, to have a guy that just loves to do CrossFit that turns the lights on in a warehouse somewhere. I mean, it's way different than that these days. What do you see as the future of, of CrossFit from a business perspective or from a box level? Yeah, I think you know what you saw five years ago, ten years ago was – uh, people started CrossFit. They loved it. There wasn't really a whole lot of options. So I, I'm going to open up my own gym and, you know, maybe start it in a garage or warehouse, something like that. The barrier to entry was very low and people just were kind of doing it without any business sense. They didn't have, um, really a whole lot of coaching ability. They just knew they loved to do CrossFit. And then what, what you saw is all, you know, it became very popular. So all these people started doing it. And then, you know, some people were doing it with bad technique, bad form, you know, videos started going around, people were getting hurt. And so then it's it's, CrossFit's like, well, we got to figure this out. We got to get people training better, coaching better, you know, and they've always taken the approach of the the good gyms will do well and the bad gyms are going to go away. It's a free market. And I think that's what you'll see as it goes on is the good gyms that are doing a good program teaching correctly, they're going to rise and they're going to continue to grow. And the bad gyms that aren't, aren't doing that are going to fall away. And I think you're already seeing that, uh, in a lot of other cities, you're starting to see it, you know, around here. Uh, but I think that, you know, you will start seeing, you know, franchises of CrossFit gyms developing that are just, they have it down. They know, they know how to run a business. Well, they, you know, it's, it's a business. It's just like anything else. And so the people who know how to run a business well that are doing, providing the best service, they're the ones that are going to continue to grow and continue to expand and kind of eat up all the small ones. And I think, you know, you know, people be like, I I hate to see the the small guy get knocked out. Well, if the small guy's not doing a good job, he's doing a disservice to his clients. Does that make sense? So I think that you'll see these, the, the overall training, the overall level of fitness coaching get a lot better. I think you're going to see 
you know, the injury rate continue to go down. I think you're going to see the quality of movement continue to go up. And you're going to see probably in each area, um, you know, one, you know, one or two big, big uh, gyms that are kind of, you know, maybe have multiple locations or whatever that are kind of dominating the scene in CrossFit that are, are running the business well, that are, you know, you know, coaching well, all that type of stuff. Do you believe as as we get into the future of the sport, part of the appeal has been uh, the setup is simple. You know, we've got some barbells leaning against the wall. We've got some wooden boxes and some heavy stuff to throw around. But as we've talked about adaptation and, and the changing of the sport over time, do you feel like CrossFit is going to be able to retain that feel as it expands the things that it's trying to offer? Well, you, you know that you know any in any thing any industry there's always gonna be the early adapters and they don't really care about what the gym looks like how good the equipment is if it's sturdy what the bathrooms look like they're just excited to be able to do it but then you get the vast majority of people and they're the ones that are going to be wanting the nice stuff and they're going to go to the nicest place that if they're spending you know a lot of money per month they want to get the most quality out of that they don't want to go to some warehouse be spending a couple hundred bucks a month when the bathroom hadn't been cleaned in two weeks you know those days are over yeah they're over so so you're you're gonna have to there's just going to be this blend of yeah, it's it's simple in the program, but man, you got to have some nice equipment. You got to have nice bathrooms. You got to have a nice facility. You got to you got to have showers. You got to have air conditioning. I still don't I still don't know how gyms are staying open without air conditioning in the summertime. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, like that type of stuff. You got to have that. And so that I think that's just what you're going to see. You know, as as it becomes more and more popular, as it grows, and I still don't think you've seen the the pinnacle of popularity for CrossFit. I still think it's continuing to grow. There's still a vast, huge, the vast majority of people that have either never heard of it or don't hardly know anything about it who can be targeted to get into it. So I, I, I think you'll, you'll continue to see it grow, but you'll just see these gyms that are coming up that are nicer and nicer and nicer and, and offering a better and better, better product. So is it just from a client perspective or those folks that are listening, trying to determine whether they're going to jump in uh, to what's going on inside of CrossFit, we can expect that we're going to, the results are always going to be there. That's something that we can be confident yeah. about, but we're going to be able to get there in a, in a uh, more pleasing environment, also a more creative environment. I mean, that sounds like a pretty attractive sell to me. So let's take this last step in this conversation and talk about just the sport in general, which kind of opens the topic wide open for whatever's on, on your guys, on your mind about the, the way the sport is headed. And we've touched on this in these other topics, but we haven't been able to just zoom out and look at everything overall just to kind of get your final thoughts on what do you feel like the future of the sport is going to be? Yeah. It's so hard to predict just because of the trajectory that, it, that it's going through right now. I mean, Olympic weightlifting has been around in the United States for, you know, for forever since back in, since back in the forties. And there's a, I mean, you have Olympic weightlifters quitting weightlifting because there's no money in it. And there's not, it's not like, uh, it's not like every CrossFit competitor is making money being a CrossFit competitor, but they're definitely doing a lot better than they are in other sports like weightlifting and triathlons and stuff like that. So, uh, I think, uh, I think just that with, um, things like, uh, things like social media and people getting sponsored, um, by different, uh, by different companies, I think you're going to see just a huge shift in the talent pool. You're going to have a lot of these people coming from other sports to try to get into CrossFit and try to make a little extra money. So you're going to see a lot more different kind of athletes, and it's really exciting to see where that's going to go. 
That was my next thing, just to uh, figure this out. A lot of times when you see, well, people are jumping into a sport because it's lucrative, that's a negative thing. But somehow CrossFit has turned that into a positive thing because it is, I think, what you're saying, Hunter, it's increasing the exposure, and we're bringing in these guys that maybe have been specializing before, but they've got a potential to be incredible, well-rounded athletes, and they're bringing that into the sport. And that's causing a lot of people that were stepping in just trying to be good at CrossFit. They're really having to step their game up and all these other the the forms of exercise that are specialized you got to be able to take on a guy like frazier who's an olympic weightlifter you got to be able to hang with that guy you can't just uh outrun him in murph and be okay with that you got to really be able to keep up with these people yeah i think you're gonna see um a lot more uh avenues uh for functional fitness competitions you know crossfit right now kind of has a monopoly on you know the crossfit games and, and that's the big competition you have some other uh, competitions throughout the year like Wadapalooza and stuff like that but for the most part you got CrossFit games and that's the what the whole season is based around and now you're starting to see this group coming out trying to get CrossFit in the Olympics and they just had like the CrossFit yeah. na- uh, World Championships Functional Fitness Func- Federation fun- yeah, yeah. yeah Functional Fitness Federation they had that um I think, you know, it, it might be in the Olympics one day. If they're working that hard, I could see it being in there. They're getting close. I think they need like 70 countries to sign up, and I think they're getting pretty close to it. So that would be that would be cool, and that would be completely separate, functional fitness, separate from CrossFit. And then I think, you know, maybe you start seeing it as, as a sport in school maybe down the road, like where kids, instead yeah. of playing baseball or football, they might become just play CrossFit or functional fitness, whatever you want to call it. That's what I think. But my what I've been saying for a couple of years I think is going to happen, I would love to see it, is I think you – and I think eventually a big-name big, big name sponsor is going to step in there and, and start their own tour-type thing, kind of like golf, kind of like tennis for professionals with, like, four majors throughout the year. Like, you know, you know – yeah. Uh, CrossFit every, would still – like, the CrossFit games would still be the Wimbledon. Yeah, yeah, so, of, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if Cross would ever buy into this, but you know, you could have a a, comp- a big, huge competition every three months or so, and then have smaller competitions throughout the year. You know, the four majors. You know, you have a uh, a point system, and then you could have like the the national champ or the world champion for the year based off points. I think that would be something really cool, where you could have four majors in four different parts of the world. Um, something that people are developing their calendar. And what I see is, you know. If CrossFit doesn't get involved in that, now all of a sudden you got these athletes. They're gonna, they're gonna to pick, have to. They're I gonna feel like if if they don't, then they're these athletes are gonna say, well, do I want to train for the CrossFit Games or do I want to train for this this professional tour that they have? And if the professional tour has a big name like Nike or something behind it that's putting a lot of money into it, you know, how much money are they gonna be willing to make? You know, so I think I think that's where it's gonna gonna go. Uh, you know five ten years maybe a couple years i don't know i think somebody's going to step in throw a whole lot of money behind this and say hey we want to we want to incentivize these these guys to do our sport instead of crossfit and i think if crossfit doesn't get along with that you know it's going to be a tough decision for some of these guys that's a fascinating discussion just to figure out where is this thing headed but i think one of the best parts about it is that currently and it will always be open as you said uh last week it will be open for it's available for everyone it's not for everybody but right. everybody can take a take a step and like that's one of the 
most incredible parts about it, I think, is we're continuing to see guys that are in their mid-20s that wander in and say, I think I'm going to give this a shot, you know, and they just, they're really good at it. And uh, so to figure out where it's going to go, who knows, but we know the journey is going to going to be exciting, right? So pretty fascinating discussion. So now we make the turn to uh, part of the podcast I'm really starting to look forward to because it's helping mm-hmm. me learn a lot more about you guys and uh, how varied we are. But to, today we want to discuss the top five. We had a little brief argument about this before we turn the mics on this week. We're going to discuss our top five TV shows, TV shows, we move into the pop culture part of the podcast uh, pretty excited to hear these answers and uh, i don't think there's a show about a boy band anymore so chase is probably gonna have to scramble <laughs> to figure that out uh, but we'll go around we'll start what, what was puff daddy show is it making the band that <laughs> yeah, yeah that's yeah, right yeah, that's yeah. right but it didn't make it shockingly puff daddy it didn't show make it age. puff daddy yeah so uh who would puff daddy be without? when i knew him he was puff daddy now he's p diddy now he's p diddy you know, now that he's... dude like doesn't even rap anymore and he's still the most wealthy rapper in the game I mean, mm-hmm. it blows my mind every time I see a stat about what it. What blows anyway. my mind is you just said in the game. <laughs> in the game. <laughs> I'm hip. What can I say? <laughs> what can I say? All right, so here we go with Hunter. I don't. So we started last week a little bit. We went geek with number five. I'm interested to see if Hunter's going to be able to go geek with a TV choice. Well, I love TV shows. We talked about this beforehand. I've gotten to where probably I like TV shows more than I like movies just because the quality of TV has increased so much in the last 10 years or so. Um you know, you spend a lot more time with the characters. You get a lot more invested in the story and in the characters um, than like a two-hour movie. So I love TV shows. But so uh, my number five is going to be Mad Men. Uh, Mad Men is just a great show. Uh, Don Draper is just a fascinating character. The study of his life and why he is what he is and why he does what he does is just fascinating. Uh, the dialogue in that show is awesome. So well written. The acting's very good. Great characters. And I, I love the ending of the show. Some people, you know, it's hit or miss. You know, when you spend a whole lot, you know, six, seven seasons, there's you know, hundreds of hours you invest in a show, people get really caught up in the ending. And there were some people that didn't like the ending. I really liked the ending. Um, so Mad Men, uh, highly recommend. I love that show. The ending officially, he writes the jingle for Coke. Yeah, he does. I thought it was a beautiful ending. Yeah. How are you just going to ruin the whole series like that? I don't think that ruins it. No, it's a combination of everything. It's so uh, much more complex it, than that. Yeah, no, it, it gets way deeper than that. Yeah. I, I mean, do we do spoilers on the TV shows? I mean, if TV shows been out for five years, I don't know. I guess we can try not to spoil it. Is there it, a statute of limitations? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, well, the jingle for Coke doesn't ruin that show. No, I not mean. at all. It's not about that at all. But he, it, it, it's, it's about Don Draper. It's, just a, it's a study of one man and why he is what he is and how he got to where he is. And it's just really, really cool. I would agree with that. All right, five, Chase. All right, well, I'm going to go a little different direction because my number five is a comedy but it's uh, Parks and Rec. It's just it's nice. it's one of those shows. the 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 idea for a good comedy for me is can I just pop in any season and be like, oh yeah, I love this episode. There's going to be bad episodes, obviously, but if like ninety percent of the episodes I can pop in and just be like, heck yeah, then I think that that qualifies it for a really great comedy. I think Parks and Rec has that. Yeah. Parks and Rec. Okay, so quick follow up question: If I'm going to drop in and start watching a season, do I start with one? Do I start with three? Um, it depends on what kind of guy you are. I'm the kind of guy that I don't mind skipping the first season just to test out the waters because it's one of those shows that the first season is not at all <laughs> uh, equal to any of the other uh, seasons. Maybe that's why I didn't get into it. Yeah, yeah I just the, always thought it was the not office. 
That's that's why. Oh I put man, it, yeah. but it's so good. It's very good. It has two of the the best characters of the last ten years or so in it. Ron Swanson. Mm-hmm. I mean, that guy. He's just just the man's man. And that guy then, was yeah. all over Halloween. Yeah, a few, yeah. a few days ago. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I should uh, I should have had him as one of my fictional characters. Yeah. He, <laughs> oh, what a great character. And then uh, Aziz, man, I loved Aziz in that show. He was hilarious. Really? Treat yourself. Treat yourself. I love I love it, man. It's a great show. So I'm going to make a departure from my number five, and this is really it's the place that it carries a lot, like you were talking about with your movie choice, your fictional character choices, Chase. For me, number five is Lost, mm-hmm. uh, because it was the first show that convinced me that you could have a really complex plot and that you could hang in there with the show for for a really long time. And the, the characters with Jack and all that, that was actually less important to me than the plot line. And, and there's an example of the ending of the show. I was just I'm like, what is this garbage? Uh, but I think that shows to me that I really changed how I started to view television. So Lost, and I think that show carries a pretty special place for a lot of people. It was like kind of like the Netflix before Netflix. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm really invested. People are going out buying DVDs of the seasons and rewatching the season mm-hmm. in these binge settings. And I don't know, I just think it was a trendsetter. I think my parents watched the entirety of Lost on DVD in the span of like a vacation. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Was, that happened all over. Once the you place. get sucked in, there's no coming out of that till you're yeah, done. Great yeah. show. Once you're in the hatch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, my number five was a uh, was a TV show from uh, from my childhood. It was uh, it was my favorite show to watch. Girl. I used to come on uh, Nickelodeon on Saturday nights. I think Hunter might be the only one to go with me on this. Pete and Pete. Oh yeah. Show. Yeah. Pete and Pete. Yeah. What uh, what I loved about that was um, it uh, is about these uh, about these two brothers, both named Pete, and they would um. Basically, what the show tried to do was kind of act out. You know, like when you were a kid, you always you always had these big urban legends that you would hear about, and you know, like all there's all these like a, uh, you know, you would think all the adults are in some kind of conspiracy out to get the kids and stuff like that, and they basically like acted out these uh, these urban legends, and it just made it a a really cool show, really entertaining, and um, so yeah, that's uh that's my number five. Another spoiler it. alert that Pete and Pete is about two brothers both. Name Pete. Name Pete. What, was the tattoo named Petunia on Petunia. his Petunia yeah. on his shoulder? I mm-hmm. went on his arm. Yeah. So number four, number four, Hunter. So Ben stole my number four. Lost. Uh, uh, lost. I mean, I remember uh, the last season was about to start. I was like, man, I, I had a whole lot of free time. It was in between seasons of baseball, and uh, so I just wanted to get caught up. I watched the first five seasons on Netflix, like back to back, like it was nonstop. And then the last season came on and I never looked forward to an episode of TV. Like I did looking forward to, to it. I think it was Sunday night that it came on all week. I look forward to that last season, but I love lost because of the, the mystery. I just wanted to know what was, I mean, there's so many questions. You just got to figure out what's going on. I love the time travel aspect. I'm always a sucker for anything with time travel. Um, I'm with you on the ending. If they took the whole afterlife part out of the ending, I think it would have been a great ending. You know, that whole second part, just take that all that out, and it's it's a great ending. But yeah, I didn't like the ending. But, man, Lost just sucked me in. I, I couldn't get out. I think it had one of the most incredible plot points of any TV series that I've ever watched, and that was the flash forward with Jack. Yes. It, that blew my mind the first time I saw it. When you, when you realized that it was a flash forward and not a flashback, that was just like, Change the my, game. Oh the man, season, man! man. And that, I think that was the end of the season too. Yeah. At that point, man, that was awesome. Yeah. I'm still confused by the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it takes a second watch, but I'm also the kind of guy like I can't rewatch a drama for some reason. I just can't do it. I know this about you. I yeah. think a lot of people have that mm. uh, have that disease. 
Or is it me? It's you now, yeah. All right, so this is a very new uh, series. It's not even, it hadn't even completed yet. I already hate it. That's fine. I don't care. But I already know just two seasons in that it's going to be one of my all-time favorites, and it's Mr. Robot. Oh, Mr. Robot. Oh, yeah. Mr. Robot. Robot. Yeah, yeah. It has just changed the game for me on like the type of series that I can be into. Like I never thought I would be into like the hacking scene and stuff like that, but holy crap, does it this is just it's the darkest show I've ever watched in my life, but it's it just sucks you in, man. And it's such good acting and I'm a big cinematography type guy and it just it looks so freaking good. I had to check out. It was so dark I had to check out, but the couple of episodes that I did see I don't know the lead actor, the lead guy, what his name is. Elliot. But uh, no, no, other than the show, yeah. But uh, the the character oh, of Elliot, just that quiet, brooding, intelligent. Yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty easy to get to get trapped in that. Yeah. So my next pick is Friday Night Lights. Oh yeah, mm. awesome. Friday Night Lights was man. I, I look so forward to watching that show every week, and I was excited that a uh, Direct TV picked it up when the networks yeah, yeah, dropped it, yeah. and I definitely own that one on DVD. But the the coach's speech and just the way he's interacting with those young men just always seemed to be something new that was going on. And uh, the game actually wasn't the biggest part of the of each episode, but the way the coach is trying to figure out being an adult male with having different priorities and looking out for his family i mean you know and and the women were very easy to look at in that show as well (laughs) so um what's the girl's name what's the blonde's name jessica (laughs) which which one telling that i forgot her name i don't Uh, know tyra or the tyra yeah the wild child tyra the wild child man she was running for class president or something everybody's voting for her because she dressed at school (laughs) that day but uh, yeah, Friday Night Lights. It also had that um, element, Chris, that you like so much, that speech element. Yeah. was just, man, really, really good. So that, that would take my number four spot. Tim Riggins was a, one of my favorite characters ever, too. I loved loved Tim Riggins in that show. When he went to jail for his brother, I just about shed a tear for that. That was Why, so awesome. Tim? <laughs> yeah. But it was so so cool to. that he did that. But speaking of the, the, the actual game scenes, pretty terrible pretty sloppily done like the scores changing all over the place like they're they're showing the same shots over and over so just to, you can almost fast forward through the game scenes and just get to the rest of it. Yeah, because that was all about his wife being up in the stand. The, the yeah. game scenes were about who was in the stands, yeah. right? But yeah, Tim Riggins, man, I would I would wear a Tim Riggins jersey right now. Yes, just yeah. that that show was so awesome to watch. So you're number four. Also, Friday Night Lights. Yes, oh, yeah. that's okay. our first like uh, yeah. yes. thing we've had. Yes, and um. Uh, yeah, and you know, just kind of expound upon that. You know, the the character development in Friday Night Lights. That was the only reason that you watched uh, that, or that I watched the show. I mean, I having played football, the actual football on the show itself was pretty difficult to watch. You can only win so many games on a hail mary pass. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, True statement. Ask, ask Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Saracen out there dropping bombs. But uh, yeah, the, I mean, just the characters were so uh, were so intriguing, and um, and you know, like I, I think back on it now, uh, the relationship that the coach had with his daughter, being a father of a of a of a daughter myself, True point, yeah. I just I pray against so many of those situations <laughs> from that show. Yeah, also something we haven't pointed out about. I know we got to move on because it's number four, but interestingly enough, music played a huge part of that show. Yeah, in the way that it had a kind of an original score. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you hear that the theme song to Friday Night Lights, you know what show that is. Yeah. 
And uh, so uh, was anyway. it explosions in the sky. Yeah, I think that was, that was the band. band. And I actually went and looked up a lot of their music and listened yeah, to it from the show. Stuff. It was really good. Yeah, I think the guy that produced that show has actually used that band and a lot of his yeah. other stuff too. Mm-hmm. It's just a really unique sound. So, so on to number three. This ought to get interesting. Yeah. So number three for me is the Wire. Uh, the the wire yeah. was what, what was that snide I, laugh? I did not expect you the wire expect to come it. out of Hunter's mouth. The wire okay. uh, the wire is probably the first HBO show that I ever really got into. Watching from beginning to end. This was back in the Netflix days when they send you a disc in the mail, and so I'd get get the disc in the mail, watch it, send it off, waiting for the next one to come in, <laughs> and then I bumped it up to where I could get two discs, so I wouldn't have to wait the extra two days to watch it. But the wire is an awesome show. It's about the city of Baltimore, and each season it follows a different aspect, but it's really about um, these drug dealers in in Baltimore and the cops are trying to catch them and then they go to the to the docks they go to the the government and they go to uh, uh, I can't remember where else the schools so it's just an examination of the city as a whole and just all the problems that it has but man talk about incredible characters uh, talk about incredible you know just plot line the acting was awesome uh, Omar Little, he was just—he was a, a gay uh, uh, drug dealer, and he—he—he—he uh, he, he, he killed a lot of people. But and but everybody was scared of him, even though he was gay. So that was a really interesting uh, fact. Uh, the Jimmy, the the lead detective, he's just tragic character. He was so good at his job, but he's just so self destructive. And the, the the scenes of him just like getting drunk and just just ruining his life or just fascinating to watch and man i love that show so the wire definitely up there if you've never seen it go on hbo start from the beginning and watch it follow that chase uh i will uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right so i just remembered that i left off a really important show so i'm not i'm not going to replace one but just a side note if you haven't watched newsroom you need to watch newsroom oh 100% agree with that yes. statement. Yes. So it should have been a top five. I forgot it. Anyway, my it's, number three, and this is the, the t- my top three is the hardest part of the decision that I had to make, just what order to put them in. So the order is not going to matter much here because it's probably not correct and it'll change every year. But Breaking Bad is my number three. Yeah. Nothing, not, I have not binged a show faster than I have Breaking Bad. Like I finished all quote unquote five, really six seasons. In literally like two weeks, how how are you guys accomplishing this? I, I I probably should have died. Like I had zero <laughs> sleep. It, it was not healthy, but I crushed it. But it's just nothing. Not, no character has had I think a uh, a developmental uh, kind of track through the through a series like Walter White has, and oh, even no. even Jess and Jesse is probably not close, even close. Yeah. Close second. Yeah, yeah. it's just. It's that unreal. explains why you showed up to work the other day. You pulled up in an RV and you were only in your underwear. That yeah, explains I don't know. that whole. Just, I, I just fell. <laughs> I took some Jack 3D. <laughs> nice loop back. Thank you. It's something uh, that happened off mics. So. Okay, so I have a kind of a similar situation to yours. Um, I had an alternate. I couldn't figure out where to put it in the top five. But so you just give it a shout out. Yeah, I'm, I'm just giving it a shout out. House for me was. Very good show. Yeah, that guy's so good, good. But although the same, ep- it was the same episode every time. But didn't it was just matter. Interesting. It didn't yeah. matter. He was just such a jerk, and it but was awesome. Super freaking. Funny. And he was right. Yeah, you know, he was a, a jerk that was right. So anyway, House is kind of gets honorable mention. But I will put in my number three slot, The Office. Yep. Good. Yeah. Uh, because it's it's every bit of funny that I think the world should have. And the way that they were interacting with the camera, like acknowledging the camera, I feel like that was a pretty new thing that the office did. Oh, yeah. I don't know exactly what that's called as a device. It's, of, a, it's a mockumentary. 
and so that's just kind of yeah. part of it. Yeah, but, I had never seen that before. The Office was so good at just like giving you all of these characters that like if you had them all just in a show by themselves, you would get sick of the show. But like like got like Creed was my favorite character yeah. on that show. Yeah, I I laughed at everybody. Literally but a I didn't fist bump at, in the studio that's right fine. now. I laughed at everybody in that show, but nobody made me laugh harder than. It's Creed. because he had like six jokes to the entire series, but yeah. they were perfect. They're golden. That's, that's how you know time. a true fan of The Office is yes. when they say Creed's their favorite character. Uh, I might, Sorry, Ben. I might disagree fan. with that, but okay. I mean, you, you have your right to your opinion. <laughs> So moving on to the top of the list here, I'm, I've got some new things I've got to watch. Actually, maybe this will be true for mm. our listeners too. The HBO, the, what did you say Wired, Wire, the, the Wire, the Wire from HBO. I got, yeah. I may have to check that out. Hey, that uh, that's called breaking the fourth wall. By the way, when they, he talks to the audience, yeah. ah, yeah. that's right. You've referenced that before, yeah. Okay, in now, our other podcast, now I understand what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> right. Okay, breaking the fourth wall. All right, so we got you over here, Chris. Yeah, then the main reason that shows like Breaking Bad and all this kind of stuff are not on my list because I don't have a whole lot of time to watch TV. I hope to really get into Breaking Bad and things like that at some point. But It'll change your list. Yep, yeah, it will, for sure, for sure. Especially this uh, this number three. This uh, this number three is uh, one of my one of my all time favorites. It's uh, it used to come on the Sci Fi Channel. It was called Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand. Mm. <laughs> that is obscure. That, it I makes, thought you were yeah. going to say X Files or something. It makes total like, sense though. I get yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen I, I've this never show? watched a single episode, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, it is essentially just this uh, this guy and his two robots sitting around watching these old like B movies and just sitting there like it like. They're, they're a peanut gallery, basically. Just ripping making them to shreds, fun, yeah. Just ripping it to shreds the entire time, and it is hysterical. It's like the sci-fi version of Beavis and Butthead, basically. Pretty much, yeah. When Beavis and Butthead used to watch, uh, used to watch music, music videos. videos. Yeah, that's essentially what this is. <laughs> All right, very, an interesting choice, but yeah. I do think it, it makes sense knowing Chris respect. Allen. Yeah, yeah if, if you know me well enough, it makes total sense. Yeah. All right, so this is going to be. Listen, this is life-changing stuff. Yeah. Hunter, the way Hunter set this up, and we're getting to number two and number one. I mean, this is big time, so here we go. Big time. Uh, number two is Breaking Bad. Uh, Sorry to steal your thunder. Yeah, yeah, you, you did, but <laughs> I think... Probably be the only time that happens. I so think enjoy that, that Breaking Bad is, has the best acting that's ever been on a TV show ever. It's just it's incredible true. acting. Very true. Uh, the writing was awesome. There's so many small things that come together that you don't even realize. Like, if you go and read a recap of episodes and see things that they reference in season one, they're coming back up in season six or whatever. It's really, really awesome. Uh, the When Jesse finally escaped towards the end, I mean, that was just such an emotional moment. It was so, Speaking so of really spoiler cool. alert. Uh, no, it's not. That's not going to ruin anything for you. Um, there's one scene in particular I remember uh, they have to steal some stuff off of this train and oh, it's like 45 I minutes. I swear, say. I don't think I blinked. I don't think I breathed <laughs> deeply. It was just like I was on the edge of my seat more than I think I've ever been on a movie or TV show ever. It was just like unbelievable drama like is this going to work are they going to get caught the it worst, was the worst a tv show has ever punched me in the gut is when it happened after they yeah. robbed the train yeah. with the uh you know what I'm yeah, I won't yeah. ruin it, but when you get there, come back to this episode and say, "Yes, you're so right, Chase." Yeah. If you've seen the show, you re- remember that scene because it was just an unbelievable scene. But man, what a great show! Awesome, Breaking Bad number two. So a lot of overlap, which surprises me because there's so many different options with TV these Very days. True. So, but I think there's a pretty clear cut of what the top TV shows are, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's pretty uh, pretty common knowledge for a lot of people, anyways. Yeah. All right, so my number two, I. I I'm not. I'm gonna go on a limb. I think I may be the only person with this on my list. We'll see, I guess. But this is me kind of trying to predict. But Ben will know this one's gonna be there. But it's House of Cards, 
and then it's a little controversial. Like with, about it. <laughs> a little. It's a little controversial with everything that's going on, <laughs> like the past <laughs> month. But uh, even still, despite all all that's going on, it no, it's just a, a great show. I've never really been a politics guy, and I'm still not really. But nothing has made me want to learn more about Congress or politics or whatever, like Breaking Bad or not Breaking Bad House of Cards has. It is just it's such good acting. I th- honestly, I think it's on par with Breaking Bad. And that is a bold statement. I'm aware of that. But it's just, it has great writing. It's got kind of that, it's got Sorkin level dialogue. Aaron Sorkin, like writer newsroom. It's just, it's really, really good. I've not, I haven't had a show besides Breaking Bad that's done to me what Breaking Bad has, but House of Cards is really, really up there. I really liked House of Cards. I, I kind of lost interest uh, towards the later seasons, but man, the first season, season and a half was just really, really good. Yeah. It's got Jenny from Forrest Gump. I mean, how can you argue yeah, with I that? I didn't know it was her yeah. until I had to look it up. I was like, that's her? How I didn't know that till just now. Wow. Yeah. How could you not know it's that? Nuts. Yeah. Frank Underwood, when you, the thing is, it, it feels like the way he plays that character is really sensational, but then after you watch it for a minute you're like wait a minute does this actually go on i think it does go I, on i 100 believe it's it. just this blurry line between art life and art you know they did a really good job with that and right. uh, he actually what was it breaking the breaking the fourth wall yeah, yeah he does, yeah, he, does, he, does he, he addresses the camera and he's got i don't know so yeah it was i had to check out i check out on tv shows because i just i don't know what happens to me i just <laughs> i become a real weenie watching stuff that's but, all right uh, so, uh, mine is, uh, yeah, weenie, even saying weenie makes you feel like a weenie. <laughs> that's, a uh, <laughs> that's a fact. My number two is Vikings. Um, nice, that's nice. not your number one. That's crazy. I'm yeah. excited to hear your number one though. It's not my number one. My number two is Vikings because if I could be Ragnar Lothbrok, <laughs> I would be Ragnar. I'm sure your wife would appreciate it too. Yeah. And it's not just because the, you know, he has a, <laughs> wow. Wow. This is, this is out of your mouth. Wow. I'm just quoting it now. Let's, let's stop there. Um, it's not just the fact that he... the belt. Try to keep the gloves up. Yeah, he's got a hair where I'm missing hair, you know, right there in the, the middle stripe. Just the fact that he's... Uh, <laughs> but he's he's also stripe. missing hair where you have hair. Yeah, but he's just so ballsy, you know, yeah. just such an innovator. And the way that that guy was able to carry that character, I, like my, I, my heart broke literally when he started going over the edge. Toward, uh, towards the end and uh, you know it's a little bit hard to stay engaged when you see Ragnar the things that happened to him but just the I'm a kind of a history guy and so to be able to combine those two things and the masculine movement going on across the world right now I mean Ragnar Lothbrok to me is just the the, the essence of what we're trying to get back on planet earth right now mm. i mean except for all the womanizing and killing yeah and, you know i mean all the pillaging and stuff but just but, the, i mean he was a viking so yeah <laughs> i mean just staying true to form but the way he carried himself you know internally i'd like to feel like especially walking into a crossfit gym especially walking to coyote i try to channel the ragnar I and mean, vikings rode a lot so yeah that's true i liked it because it kind of humanized vikings like you've always heard of vikings and didn't really know a whole lot about them and it kind of you know, I think it's pretty historically accurate for the most part, the show was. And so it was really cool to actually see like what they were actually doing and and and, and learning about these guys and not just that they were just these mindless, uh, killing, frenzied type guys, you know. Yeah, it was all about Valhalla, right? Yeah. yeah. So follow Vikings, Chris. Good luck, sir. Right, well, my uh, my number two, uh, by the end of uh, by the end of this season, they may take a a deep fall off of my list, but uh, I'm. I'm hoping that they, they they turn it around this season. I've got Walking Dead seasons one through six because the first six seasons I loved. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. I loved the uh, 
I loved the development of the story, and now it's just kind of gotten to the point where they are. It's like they're trying to redo some things. Like it's the same plot line, just different people. And I'm hoping, and what it seems like with this season, they are building up to something awesome. And if that's the case, it'll stay as my number two. So I'm giving them, I'm giving them credit right now because I've, I love the first six seasons so much. But if they don't get something, uh, something turned around quickly, then this will be the last season I watch. Hmm. God, that's a bittersweet answer, man. Wow. Yeah, yeah I'm hurt for you, dude. Yeah, that's number yeah, two. I'm but they're very upset about number it. Number two on probation. It's <laughs> <laughs> difficult. But th- th- that I'll tell you how much I love seasons one through six. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Number one, drum roll, please. I don't think number one will come as a surprise to you guys. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, man, I read the books. The show is just is just unbelievable. I don't think any of you guys have seen it, but Sopranos changed the face of of TV. Uh, all the TV now is, I think, as a result of what Sopranos did. But I think Game of Thrones is going to change completely change the face of TV as we know it. It's basically a movie. Uh, every single episode, the budget is through the roof. Man, the plot, the acting, the characters. There's just it's so complex. He's got his own backstory history book for the whole show that goes back thousands of years and all these generations man it's just unbelievable unbelievable show uh if you start from the beginning you're gonna love it so i if you've never watched game of thrones i highly highly recommend it because i have a feeling we'll be talking about it more as i continue to stay on you guys cases about watching it (laughs) yeah you have almost convinced me to take the jump to watch this show yeah well uh, sadly, my number one's been mentioned, but that's all right because it's the perfect show that's ever existed. But it's The Office, and we, uh-huh. and we kind of beat it in the ground about how much you talk about it. But I want to do it again because it's kind of that same realm that I was saying Parks and Rec is, but just like ten times more magnified. It's just it's so good. I don't think a group of characters that are so different have ever worked so well together, uh, at least in the comedic standpoint. Uh, and I'm looking at you, friends, but. Um, but uh it's just nothing no show has had the sustainability like that show has had for me Mm -hmm. like i watched it for the first time in 2011 and that was another one that i binged really hard you know the episodes that were available then the only reason i didn't have it in my top five was because i figured at least two of y'all would have it in your top five that's fair that is fair it's definitely definitely respected show and will stand the test of time something that we didn't throw out there so my number one has been mentioned already also and that's mad men i mean i Mm. i think that show for me i just connected uh with don draper so much because of the the you bought a pipe yeah i did (laughs) i did yeah and um and a suit yeah yeah you did and a classic (laughs) no i'm kidding um (laughs) So uh, just being able to identify with him as a character on a couple of different levels, there's a backstory that, uh, that is kind of confusing that a lot of people don't know. But the main thing was he made a living trying to uh, pick the right words, and that kind of connects to my job, what I do for a living. And having those moments of inspiration in the middle of the night and the creative process just driving him almost absolutely crazy and having everything hang on the Jaguar account. you know. So just that show I was able to connect and uh, although he's not the type of man that I, I want to be, the struggles that he went through kept me hanging in there with Mad Men. So that's that's going to take a strong number one for me. That's a very good answer. I like it. All right. All right. My number one is the only show that I watched all the way through when it was on TV and then binge watched again and again. And it's Entourage. Mm. It is a... Uh, 
I, uh, I loved every single second of it. I loved the character so much that when, um, uh, when they, uh, when it ended, when the, when the show finally ended, I felt like my friends had moved away and I was never going to see them again. <laughs> Man, all you're so good at making that sad turn. When the show is left, over. all that's left are the memories. <laughs> but, um, I, uh, I remember, um, after, uh, after me and Katie had gotten married, I convinced her to watch the uh, to watch the first season, and so we sat around and watched it. And um, I couldn't really tell if she was into it or not. And then I was coming uh, coming home from work one night, and I would go by this uh, neighborhood where my buddy uh, Pogue lived, and she called me up on my way home. She's like, "Hey, uh, doesn't Pogue have have season two of Entourage?" I was yeah. like. Matter of fact, he does. <laughs> Do I need to make a stop? He's like, yeah, go ahead, pick it up. Just such a go pivot- ahead, get three and four while you're at it. <laughs> pivotal moment in your marriage, right? Yeah. Oh yes, it's like I knew it made the right. So here's an interesting overlap. I feel like this week, through what we've mentioned about these TV shows, we've actually made uh, recommends. I mean, unless people have seen all of these shows, which yeah. would be inc- we we need to have them on the podcast if that's yeah. the case. Yeah. But I do feel like there may be some other stuff hanging out there that that you guys want to maybe recommend as far as uh, maybe more connected to fitness uh, that <laughs> oh, we yeah. can bring up. So sure. give that time at the end of the episode here as we're wrapping up, maybe those weekly recommends from both you guys. Uh, yeah, mine, uh, if you never really listened to many podcasts, I would highly recommend the Tim Ferriss podcast. Uh, I love listening to it. What I really like about Tim Ferriss is that he – takes these high performing people and he doesn't just do like a regular interview. He'll do an interview where he's trying to get what they do that makes them successful out of them, whether it's a routine, whether it's a, a mindset, whatever, whatever the case may be, he's trying to figure out the common denominator between these people to make them successful. He's always looking for ways to improve himself and to help you out. So if you've never listened to it, uh, he's got books too that are really good, but I would highly recommend, you know, pulling up his podcast, looking for an interview with, with somebody that you admire. Cause he's got a lot of really, really uh, famous people on there and just listen to it. Yeah. So mine, um, it's uh, it's something that I've watched a, a few times. I don't know when it actually, like what it actually aired on, like what channel or whatever, but it's called, uh, it's called class Two Thirty Four. You can find all these episodes on YouTube and they're like, I think 40, 45 minutes a piece, but it follows, uh, a Navy SEAL, a, a class of Navy SEALs going through bud school. I mean, it's not scripted at all. It is like, here they're training. Here's their, here's the camera. It's right there in, and they, uh, and uh, it's just really, really cool to hear these, uh, to hear the interviews with, um, with the SEAL, uh, with the instructors, and they talk about what it means to, uh, what it means to be a leader and what it means to be a teammate. And um, I think it's like 11 episodes or something like that. But if you just watch the first three that shows them going uh, through the uh, through that initial phase, through the PT phase, and then actually going through Hell Week, I mean, it'll uh, it'll really change your perspective on uh, how bad that one hour CrossFit class is. <laughs> whenever whenever I, if I get to a point where I'm in a rut and I really just start, start feeling sorry for myself with training and stuff like that, I'll go back and watch those three episodes. I'm good to go. At least you don't have awesome. sand in your underwear. Fact. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Great job today, guys. I just want to say thank you to our audience that is building and growing with each episode. Thank you guys for being with us. Uh, So in response to that, thank you. A way that you guys can thank us is to spread the word about the conversations that are happening in the Cody fitness podcast studio each week learning a little bit about pop culture a lot about the people who are behind the mics and definitely a lot about crossfit so if you've got people in your life that you're wanting to educate about that form of uh, fitness and exercise that you're so 
passionate about, this would be a great way to do that. Spread the word for us and be sure, be sure to like and write a review for the podcast and the iTunes store. We'll guys, we will see you guys next week.